Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. Randall, how you did? Good. Yeah, we've just we've just finished uh, another one, and we're going again. We're doing two. This we is, are, yeah, this is the second week in a row. I don't mind. Like I don't it. mind this I like format. It. We can do four. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to listen. But we have a guest. We do have a guest. Who do we have? Hats. Uh, we've got Sample Bitcoin Sample. How you going, um, Sampo? Hi guys, I'm doing fine. How are you? We're pretty well. Now we just did say off air before that this is the first pod that we've done where we can't actually see uh, the guest so obviously you're off for doxy kind of privacy reasons which is totally fine um, yeah it, it, the unfortunate thing is that Hats and I are just going to have to look at each other yeah that is unfortunate so yeah thanks for that um, I was just <laughs> no problem I was just before we came on Brenda was giving me a hard time for tweeting too much um, and so I, I just thought oh, I'm going to have a look at how many times Sampo's tweeted 39,300 tweets are so there's the first my first question are they all about bitcoin i didn't go all the way back through but are they all bitcoin or is it or have you got another life outside of bitcoin uh i think it's like 95 percent about bitcoin and five percent about human rights awesome awesome and the other thing thing i've noticed is is that you're following 10.2k people and you have 10.2k followers is that there you go is that just a coincidence? Well, I've I've tried to keep it even to I don't know, kind of symbolize equality or something. I don't want to come out as a douchebag who doesn't follow anyone. So oh, it's like kind of it. like fifty-fifty. Okay, so so now I immediately don't feel that special because you follow me. So the uh, but I always want, <laughs> I always thought it was if you're because ultimately you're there to well. Hopefully, all of us are there to listen more than we talk. Although talking is, you know, important. But um, yeah, um, I always thought that I wanted to keep the numbers down, my follow numbers down, just because my, the people I follow, just because I wanted to still like, a, like a, I follow people because I want to see what they say. So I don't want to. Yeah. Make, but you just then, if you follow too many, you start to lose stuff. Um, yeah. How, how do you actually manage that? Because I've actually trimmed mine down. So I'm under two hundred. I follow under two hundred people. But how do you, how do you manage that many? tweets in your feed when you follow that many accounts i think the algorithm kind of decides what to show to you and it's based on your likes so either oh, way you yeah, okay. see most of the tweets by people that you like anyway so yeah cool i haven't thought of that as a problem but i don't know maybe i should trim it a bit uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. If there's a right and a wrong. It's just a different way, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's actually yeah. something really intimidating about about your voice too, Sam. But you sound like an assassin. <laughs> well, <laughs> who knows? I'm gonna try not to piss you off tonight. He's um. Yeah. Well, well. Also, bear in be, mind. Sorry, mate. Go on. Yeah, it might be the very level intonation of the Finnish, uh, uh, English accent we don't really go up and down we're really even with the finnish tone so yeah wow and bear in mind he's speaking in a second language yeah well, that's yeah. true so yeah. when the, i'll just tell that story briefly so when we had i don't even know how this came about but um we were having a, a tweet exchange and i said probably me saying you should come on a pod and, and talk about it and um 
and you kindly said that you would, but there was things you didn't want to do, you know, doxies type stuff that you weren't keen on, and um, and yeah. maybe some maybe some topics that you didn't think were your things, and you, then you sent me a, a link to another podcast that you'd been on, and I was like, oh well, I haven't listened to that. I'll, I'll go listen to that. I went to listen to it, and it was it was in Finnish, and I'm like, oh, right, <laughs> okay, that, that's me stuff, because because we assume, and um, people who speak English as their first language, we just assume. We this wrongly that you know everybody speaks English and is or or they're from you know S- some would say country arrogantly uh, definitely yes. definitely arrogantly um so yeah already um already you know you're probably more understandable than the Scottish guy than the Scottish guy <laughs> so um Scandinavians tend to be very very bilingual or trilingual that's pretty fair isn't it mm, yeah I'd say so most Finnish people speak English and uh, Swedish as well. Oh right, okay. So yeah, three languages here. I haven't been to Finland. Basically. I have been to have been to Sweden, and I remember I was staying with a family, and they asked me if I wanted. It was a long time ago. They asked me if I wanted to go see the movie Seven at the movies, and I said, "No, it's in Seven. I can't understand Swedish. Ah. Like, why would I do that?" And they said, "No, no, it's in English, and we get the subtitles." Crazy, right? Really? So we're yes. Yeah, so how 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 much do we push ourselves on the world that's wrong? Um, but um, it was, I mean, I appreciated it at the time. Yeah, but yeah, I think it, was, right. it was a good movie, but. Um, um all right well um do you want to tell us a little bit um about your background as much as you are comfortable to do um and and your intro to bitcoin well my background in general i'm an english teacher by profession but now i'm working as a translator Uh, so doing finnish to english and english to finnish translations with a small business that I run with two of my colleagues and uh, I first found out about Bitcoin I think as early as 2011 or something from a Finnish IT magazine but back then I thought it was a full-on scam or something and then I came across it again in like 2013 but then again just dismissed dismissed it as some like nonsense but then uh, back at the top of 2017 with the 20,000 bubble I kind of got interested again and then went on to my shameful shit coinery path <laughs> and uh, maybe in 2018 I finally discovered the beauty of Bitcoin so I've been into Bitcoin only for the last three years or so so and what was it for you that kind of went that clicked what was it that made you go whoa whoa hang on this is it bitcoin is it mm, i don't know maybe trial and error because i bought into a lot of the shitcoin hype mm. like for example the xrp is gonna be a ledger between international banks all that kind of bullshit Uh, and then I realized okay that's just marketing buzz that (laughs) isn't true and then I studied more and maybe for me it was the Bitcoin standard book that finally solved the idea to me and kind of showed me why it's special and unique compared to all the other coins it seems to me that there's there's quite a lot of people and probably I'd be in this group as well um, who were somewhat involved in 17 probably thought we were all quite clever with run-ups and then 
and then obviously you know got the post 70 the early 18 crash um and then the but the ones that are still around now seem to be the ones that are that put in the work like they, they saw their val the value of their investment go down and then they decided to okay well i need to understand this now because i've clearly got something wrong but they didn't sell um they went and did the work you know they put they started you know educating themselves is that ring any bells but for you or yeah definitely like uh was it early 2000 no i think it was 2019 the crash to three and a half thousand was it 2019 maybe yeah when it was like i may i lose track but yeah i remember i remember watching do you think in us dollars is that is that yeah, in terms of yeah. price um yeah well, well when i started so February 2020 for me, March hit 2020, and it went down. I remember AUD was like 8k. Yeah, so it must have been about five. So, but yes, four or five. What Sample's talking about is we kind of watched this. Like, so I used to think in US dollars, and I kind of don't now. I try and think in Australian dollars because it's where I live. Or well, if I think in dollars at all, but um, or current you know fiat at all. But um, so but there was that run up in 17 where we got went to like 18,000 US. And then there was basically a, a death by a thousand cuts all the way down to about three. Yeah. So that was prior. Yeah. That was prior to, and that was that was the point for me. I was thinking, I was so I was so confident, and I was so I was so sure of myself, and I'm thinking, I'm a, why am I why am I wrong? Even at three, you were like, well, I was still I was I was I was still confident. I was just I was, but I'm like thinking, well, I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I thought I was right, but I'm like, well, clearly I'm not right. So, um, so how why am I, and so I went and started trying to find more information to try and learn. Yeah, where I didn't, you know, I didn't just dump it and go. Okay, I got it wrong. Um, I went and learned, and I think there's a whole bunch of Bitcoiners now um, who are sort of in that boat too, and they they went and did the work. Um, and it was harder back then, sample, wasn't it? Like, wh- how did you? What did you? How did how did you do the work? Like, who were you looking to for information back then? <laughs> I had to admit that some of the YouTubers back then I was following. Alessio Rastani or something and the moon guy the Carl Carl the moon guy this weird Swedish young dude who uh, says every other day that Bitcoin is going up and every other day that it's going down so that's basically (laughs) his trend making those amazed faces to the preview image like his mouth open with an amazed uh, facial expression on his face and uh, nowadays i think he's mostly a scammer but back then i used to kind of respect his ta so i used to rely on rely on his analysis and then i started doing some of my own but i realized i don't know shit about it so <laughs> then i just quit basically following the price short term and i just checked the price uh, chart so the biggest dip was in march 2020 so yeah. that was it, that's it when i it? and i was there for that yeah, you were that was it was your first tank that's yeah <laughs> yeah so it went to 3.5k in Damn. dollars Oh, yeah, it dropped like minus fifty percent in one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's my kind of trial of fire. When I realized that now it's <laughs> now I hold it forever, kinda, or yeah. sell it now, and I didn't sell it. So, so if you and I are sort of similar in time scales, um, that one didn't actually that one didn't concern me at all. Um, well, yeah. maybe maybe saying not at all is maybe trying to exaggerate it too much, but like. 
I, I, I feel I, no, I feel that's fairly accurate because then I, obviously when I started, you were like, yeah, just, I wasn't, this is it. I didn't, Don't I wasn't phased at that no, point. No, no. So, but, well, but to I was, me, you weren't anyway. Yeah, well, no, maybe I was trying to convince myself, but yeah. um, no, I didn't. That one didn't phase me so much because you know you could see the COVID stuff, you could see what the market was doing, you could see why people were running to you know what they considered to be safe assets, and that's why you know the dollar basically, and that, that that's why the price. I wasn't concerned about that, and I thought you know. I'd, I obviously had no idea what COVID was or what COVID was going to, the impact was going to be, but I thought it was going to bounce and it did bounce. Hmm. Um, I was much more concerned about the, the one prior to that, but probably because, yeah. but probably because I, I didn't know so much. I, like I didn't, hadn't, hadn't put in the work yet. Um, yeah. So now that you, I'm checking the 20, the, sorry, mate, please. Yeah. Now that I'm checking the price chart, it might've been the November 2018 dip that really got me like my stomach started journeying mm-hmm. and i was like what the hell have i gotten myself into because later in 2020 it dropped to like three and a half or four thousand as well but like you said i think i wasn't that worried in 2020 anymore because that march dip in 2020 uh was in correlation with the COVID news yes. in the regular stock exchange. So that time I, was, I wasn't too concerned either. So I think I finally kind of uh, understood Bitcoin somewhere in 2019 or even 18 after that first real big dip, because then you kind of have to <laughs> put on the time to understand what you've gotten yourself into and what you've invested in like for real since it dipped minus 50% in one day or so. Mm. So you're like, am I a complete loony or (laughs) is this just something that you have to get yourself used to or like something like that? And uh, sorry, go on, go on. Oh, it's it's left to field. Oh, so you, you've... all I was going to say was so where where would you see yourself now in terms of, um, like being personally on a Bitcoin standard? Don't obviously don't talk about your you know holdings or whatnot. But as do do you do you live off Bitcoin or do you spend Bitcoin? Are you still accumulating Bitcoin? Are you just a massive hodler? What what where what do you see yourself as just now? Uh, I'm kind of even uh, over invested. Like yeah, right. uh, last year, I used to earn a pretty good salary or like a decent salary. So I was able to invest into Bitcoin or like move money into my savings account, as I'd like to say. Mm, but exactly this right. year, it's been uh, more quiet on the work front. So now my expenses, like my apartment, car, of course, daily utilities like food and stuff. Uh, I'm ashamed to admit it, but now I've even had to sell some of my stack. Like I'm trying to make ends meet right now, but it's really tough right now for me personally. So now I'm kind of kind of trying to keep my stack as it is, but I'm not stacking right now. Do you have access to like services like BitRefill or anything like that? Uh, that side is really limited in Finland. I think we could use BitRefill, but I haven't looked into it really. Because in Finland, the taxation is really dumb. We'd actually have to pay taxes every time we use Bitcoin, even it, when we use oh, wow. it. 
Okay. So <laughs> that kind of limits it a lot. So for me, it's mostly like a savings account. account. Yeah. It's it's much the same you know, from a tax perspective. I mean, I'm no tax expert, but it's much the same. I, I sort of I look at it that way in Australia. I, I think if you are buying Bitcoin and you're disposing of it quickly and you're using it to spend on uh, maybe like your supermarket shopping or something, they're not looking for you to declare that because you've not, yeah. you're not making any sort of significant capital gain. But any if you've held for any significant amount of time... Um, and then you're disposing of it to um you know whatever it is that you require um they mm. they, they obviously are so yeah it's a it's a it's an ad administrative disaster um yeah but um i, I mean the, the tax law is just so not fit for purpose yeah um mm. but it, but that's i mean that's probably always been the case even before bitcoin <laughs> so it's um yeah it's just trying to trying to navigate that is is is, is very difficult and then you get into the i don't know if you have the same thing but we have like a you got like a first in first out rule or last in last out rule with your with just investments in general can can oh, i now know what that is can you explain, explain that, that for people so yeah. um as bit well okay i'll explain it as best i can so if you buy if you buy if you buy in bitcoin continually from you know the beginning of 2017 to the end of 2017 and then you decide to sell some today you have to take a stance on which ones you're selling. Mm. Um, so, are you selling from the? Are you going in? Are you selling your first coins first, or are you selling your last coins first? And then, when you make that decision, you have to stick with the decision decision you've made, um, or have a very good or justifiable reason for why you changed that decision. That's how I understand it. Mm. As I say, not a tax expert, but um, that's that's how I look at it. Um, but the other problem is if you hold investments for a period of, I think, 12 months, you can get a discount on capital gains tax, blah, blah. So people have an individual decision to make if they're going to be disposing of Bitcoin. And really, if you, I mean, the short answer is if you're able to not dispose of your Bitcoin, yeah. just don't do it until yeah. the tax law is, a, is, um, is um, sort of fit for purpose. But obviously, if you take if you pick a big chunk of your wealth into Bitcoin and then work dries up, everybody's going to have to sell someone. I don't think badly of anybody who does. Yes. Um, and that's end of the. That's what's there for. It's your it's your savings account. So there's. I suppose there's a question for you. Then, sample. When did when did the mentality go from it's an investment to a savings account? Or what what was it that mm. made that made that made that change for you? Maybe this last run up to the new all time highs around sixty thousand yep. dollars. That's when I realized that the dollar value is short time preference and the amount of sets that you have is the actual kind of like score that you're aiming for to get it as high as possible so each set counts and each stack counts yeah okay i, I got a question Go for it. um at what point did you become kind of docs conscious I've been docs conscious uh, even before Bitcoin, like way before uh, when I joined Facebook in 2008 or something. And then all these new user, uh, how do you call it, the terms of service came yeah. into practice yeah. in like 2012. And they started uh, telling people that they basically own all the pictures that people upload there and there were news that they keep all that discussion all the messages in their big 
cloud platforms or servers or something like that. Back then, I kind of decided that I don't want to sell my face to the big tech companies. And <laughs> ever since I've been really like self-aware of having my pictures online and even having my real identity online, since I think it's only gonna get worse with all these fake videos and image editing software so, so I kind of you... wanna own my face so yeah. to speak well, and that's a fair uh, uh, desire um, have you always been fairly privacy conscious or was there some kind of catalyst moment for you where or was it the Facebook thing where you went holy fuck hang on this is no good or yeah I think it was the Facebook thing like when they started changing the user terms of service and it came uh, or it was obvious that they kind of want to own all the image copyright and all the rights to the images and basically use the faces of the people in the images to train their algorithms and facial recognition stuff and things like that. I just thought that I don't want to have my face as a part of all that. So, yeah. yeah. So I, did, did, sorry, mate, one more, one more. Did you um, find that difficult, say, among your own mm -hmm. kind of social groups and, and friends who are obviously jumping headfirst in, into that kind of thing and wondering why you weren't? Uh, well, back in like, up until 2016 or so, I used to use social media quite actively, like even Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. But after that, uh, it's been mostly like, I still have a Facebook account, but the profile picture is taken from afar. So you don't see my face there. So I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not hiding from the camera but I don't like to put my face on the spotlight, so to speak. So uh, I still use like, for example, Tinder, which is a privacy nightmare, of course, mm. but I have my face big there, of course. So it's kind of pick and choose where I want to yeah. use my face, but I don't want to uh, combine this Bitcoin thing with my real persona or my face. So. I like to keep them separate. And are you family, your friends and your family aware of who you are? They're like, if you got a, yeah, if you got a, no, no. All oh, right, you just, so you just, yeah, okay. So I mean, I'm, yeah, Scottish and living in Australia. So the reason, and I still have a Facebook account, um, so I'm going to be booed out of the room when I rightly so. But, um, <laughs> but the hard thing for me is, you know, a lot of my friends and family are still in another country, you know, a long way away, and I don't see them regularly. And it is a good, um, way to keep in contact and feel like you're still part of you know a life a lifestyle that you're no longer living in um so for me that's why i keep it i don't really use that's, it very that's much that's how they get and keep well no, absolutely and yeah, like yeah. even things like you know sending you a memory from 11 years ago and and you that, that does tug at your heartstrings or whatever and, and you're like oh wow that was a good day or whatever yeah. and it's i mean it's clever it's it's I and mean, then it's the same people that design you know fruit machines so yeah th that's the whole point of it is just to keep you there in australia they call poker machines so i'm poker, guessing yeah yeah fruit is. machines yeah. Yeah. what do you call them over there <laughs> yeah yeah what do you call them sample you call them something gambling um, machines do you have them in finland yeah gambling machines are 
we have this whole thing. It's a government operated thing. They own all the slot machines that we have mm. in the supermarkets. So I don't know, we would call them Vegas machines, which is directly translated guessing machines. But the company yeah. is called Vegas, which is guess. So yeah, I don't right. Know. You have them in the yeah. supermarket? Yeah, yeah, it's a weird thing. Wow. We support the disabled and the pensioners through this kind of gambling, government-owned gambling monopoly. It's a it's a weird thing. No, no, okay, so <laughs> you're, you, that's what they say. Is that is that actually what happens? That is is that money ring fenced for, for yeah for that purpose? Yeah, yeah, it is. But there's a lot of uh, speculation about the money not being used mm. effectively. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the examples of how socialist Finland actually is. So you uh, mm. you live in pretty quite a high tax um, culture, right? And generally, yeah, yeah. And generally, people are quite agreeable to that. Is is my impression? I could be wrong, but like Scandinavia in general, my here's my impression. Okay, and uh, to please tell me where I'm wrong. That Scandinavia generally is is highly taxed, but they have um, good services. good services, good schools. You know, good transport. You know, good like, and people live a high quality of life. That I mean, that's that. I mean, that's a generalization. Clearly, how, how am I wrong? Yeah. Is... Uh, I'd agree. Like, there's nothing wrong with that statement. I'd agree. And but, so, how do you feel about that? How how does that make? How's do you like that side of it, or like, how does that fit with Bitcoin? Mm, it makes me a weird hybrid of uh, kind of agreeing with some government intervention but then again trying to avoid it as much as possible but seeing the pros of intervention sometimes because it kind of uh, destroys possible monopolies or cartels mm -hmm. or like uh, even corporate stuff my personal opinion is that maybe even the US big tech companies should be split up into smaller businesses Although that's government intervention, of course, but like uh, right now, I think they have too big of a power when it comes to, for example, if you use Google, it basically decides what you get to read. So that's kind of fucked up from a privacy and from a freedom perspective because people should be able to decide what they want to read but I, I don't know if intervention should be the right way but some kind of limitations on how they control the market so it kind of makes me i don't know a social liberal maybe yeah. more on the liberal side but it definitely like uh shows that i'm from a like a social democratic country yeah I, yeah as a somebody from as i say somebody from scotland i feel sort of s similar to that but i'm um and also as somebody who worked in government for sort of 10 12 years um i've sort of working around like i like i i cannot it's very difficult to get away from zero government i, I mean i just i i struggle with that whole idea um i i fully, i think i believe in small government um, but I, I don't yeah. I don't fully understand how the, what that transition is going to be like um, or how we can get there I mean I know some of the libertarians are you know some of their ideas I can from a, from are a common about, sense are we talking about the Citadel kind of idea of yeah well all, well, all sorts of ideas like um, 
like I can from a from a common sense angle, I I'm, I'm like fully on board. I just don't understand pr- practically how that would operate, and and I'm not meaning on my roads type, but like some of the practicalities are are it's complicated. I don't fully understand how we reorganize to do that. I mean, it's just someone more maybe it's more learning I have to do. I, I don't know. But well, um, well it's, it's got to be an entire dismantlement. Is that a word? Or dismantling of the in the whole system. Yeah, because no, well, there's no and, put it this way. That's not going to happen neither, with that conflict. No, well, neither neither left or right are voting for are proposing less power for themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. That's yeah. So Twitter week. Twitter. Um, so I mean that's, and so how do we move away? How, how do we get to a point of less control? And like getting to the, I, I love this idea of like your government government being your service provider. And 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 governments competing with each other to become yeah. the best service provider to their citizens, and maybe you know the, the Scandinavian model is a good model. Maybe they are a good. Maybe that is a good. I just so I don't. Is that is that is that offensive if I say Scandinavian, or is it better if I say Finnish? Like just clumping you all together. Yeah, either way is fine. Either I don't way is fine. mind. Um, yeah. You're so agreeable for an assassin. <laughs> all assassins sneak you, bring you in. Yeah, that that, that's what they say. They're <laughs> nice people, and then they stab you or whatever. <laughs> how many How many people have you killed? <laughs> uh, twenty-one million. Yeah, 21 million. That, that's a number that comes to my mind from somewhere. Nice. I would have said six point one five. <laughs> which is yeah, which is six yeah. guys and one leg. Yeah, the, that's um, kind of weird. The, the um, so where what what's what has been the catalyst for your um, you work is it you, your work's dried up because of COVID or or you, the business has moved on or something like that? Like where, what? what uh, it's a small business, so we're working as a subcontractor mostly. Mm-hmm. So it's most of the projects aren't kind of in our hands they come to us through several contracts so we're kind of bottom feeders so to speak yeah when when it comes to that so uh last summer we had a few really big projects but right now we don't have any we only have like these small updates to the same projects so now the work has dried up basically because of uh, slower demand and uh, the projects are gaming related so games are usually launched to the Christmas market so hopefully it'll just start like we'll get more work when the year proceeds but let's see yeah gaming is there any Bitcoin relationship in there or no no it's triple A like Okay. Some of the biggest games translated into Finnish. Oh, now you're talking my language. Brendo just perked up. That's good. There you go. Go on. Oh, no. I was just. I guess you can't tell me any games, can you? No. Damn it. (laughs) I I shouldn't be saying no, sir. Kind of against our NDA, unfortunately. So. Cyberpunk. Is it Cyberpunk? (laughs) Nah, nah. So. How okay? So how do you feel about places, people like Thunder Games and things, and the people that are integrating Lightning into gaming? 
What do you feel about that? Light night? Should we go to light oh, night? The, uh, late night yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I've been playing some of the games like a year ago. I was really active with Zebedee. I was playing their games. They've integrated uh, sets onto Counter-Strike, Counter CSGO. Strike, yeah, yeah. CSGO. Yeah. Can you explain how that works to, works, uh, to people just who don't know about that? Yeah, so you go to zebedee.io, I think. That's their website. And you download their plugin or kind of like an add-on app to your computer that you log into with your Zebedee account that you can create. And then it integrates with your Steam account, which is this uh, gaming platform by Valve. Uh, gaming company uh, that CSGO runs on. So you start the Zebedee add-on and it integrates with CSGO and you join one of their custom servers and then you get this uh, layout on top of your CSGO that shows your current sets at the top right of the window and then you start playing. And it depends on the game mode that Either you get sets from each kill, or you get sets when your team wins. Well, and after the game, you just withdraw them from there through the Lightning Network. What's um, Zebedee's business model there? How are they? Have they got advertising revenue, or like how are they actually making anything out of doing that? I think it's ad revenue and uh, also sponsor sponsorships like Bitstamp used to sponsor them. Okay. a lot last year so yeah. they sponsored most of the tournaments yeah so somebody could go on um so it's so yeah somebody could go on and play the game put up zero sats themselves and win sats is that what you're saying yeah or, or is at, it all, at least for the sponsored events yeah so but is, is it also the case where somebody who's like really good at csgo isn't it see um somebody who's really good at it could go on and actually put up their own sats as part of a prize pot and then play for a prize pot is that does that happen too or not yeah it does happen okay but like i haven't or, personally in, yeah oh, as in i'll put up you know a thousand sats like a po like a like a like, buy-in at a poker yeah, game, right? right so there's five of you in the tin you yeah. you'll chuck in 50 bucks and at the end of the night the guy who wins the poker takes the sats or hmm. yeah yeah that's pretty cool so that that current that already happens on csg i'm not a gamer um not well not really so, um um, not any. Well, no, not you, you're, def you're definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it only CS:GO? Or are there other ones? Uh, I think they've been talking about integrating sets into Valorant as well, but I haven't personally tried that, and I'm not sure if they've launched launched it already. So, I just need Xbox, Microsoft. I just need Microsoft to do something. So <laughs> I, mean, I, I yeah. play Xbox. But Microsoft are going to be the last, surely, are they not? Uh, don't know. Then you, then you might know some of the games that we translated. Not going oh, into too go. much detail. <laughs> yeah. You can tell me off air, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> the, um, oh, Halo. So, because because what I like about that, and the idea of that is, like, if you were to play, I don't know, um, what do you play? Xbox. Or a button game. Give me a game. Uh, well, I just just finished one Halo, game. One game, right? Cyberpunk, Halo, right? Okay, Halo. <laughs> right, Halo, Apex Legends. So what, do you, what can you? It's called Halo, right? Yeah. What do you play on? What do you play? F 
Do you put, you don't pay any money to that? You you pay for that. How does that work? You pay for the well, game and well, you own the game. Yeah, different it's different models now. So like Netflix, there's a subscription based model called Game Pass on Xbox mm-hmm. or Game Pass Ultimate. So you pay whatever it is here, six, subscription, sixteen bucks a month, and I get access to hundred games, yep. which can cycle. So they've got their core first party titles yep. um, generally, um, and they can cycle ones like Netflix. Um, or you can just buy a disc from a shop, or I can buy a digital copy online. Okay, and but, then I play. Right, so you're playing Halo, and you're playing for like Nothing. a score, yeah. or are like, or yeah. are like, you know, like a skin, or what, like what, what? Well, in in Xbox, you can land, upgrade. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, totally. Um, there's achievements, but yeah, you can like Fortnite, whatever. You you basically unlock a a, a skin or a gun or whatever. So it's a whole reward based but, thing, but, not just from completing. But a game. it stays within the the wall yep. garden of Halo. Exactly. So let's say you become really good at Halo. Never gonna you happen. Can, but yes. Okay, but let's say somebody did. Let's mm-hmm. say Sample did, right? And it became really good at um, Halo. You could never. You, it's almost like you're stuck. You can't. Can, can you even tr- bring it from Halo nine? You know, 2021 to Halo twenty twenty two. I don't even know what you are asking. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, you mean like do they not release a new one every? Y- yeah. The, the the oh, it's how do you? The, the, there's some backwards compatibility things. Generally, if you have a new game, it's a it's a new game. Yeah. They'll bring old maps back. You, I can't play. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sambo, but I can't play Halo Infinite online with someone who's playing. I don't know Halo. No, my my two, point is, but, if you get really good at, at Halo 2021, <laughs> right, or whatever it was called in 2020, he almost tried to call himself a gamer. By sorry, the way. But my point is, you can't. It's not like you can't bring it between games. You can't even bring it from the same game. Is that true, Hasampo? Well, uh, Halo games aren't launched annually like uh, this latest FIFA. Uh, le- latest launch, Halo Infinite. Yeah. Uh, the previous version came out, I think, three or five years ago, mm-hmm. and it's a completely separate game. So okay. those aren't interoperable. But basically, the mechanics uh, are the same. So if you're good at Halo first, then most likely you're gonna be good at all the other halos. But you but, would start would start well, from scratch again. Well, basically, yeah. The whole game engine has been up, updated. The graphics have been updated, and the whole movement, shooting things are a bit different in each version. So people upgrade because the game is better. Is it? They, what? Don't, they yeah. don't upgrade. They don't upgrade because. Um, or it's a completely different game, what, yeah, but with yeah. the same clothing, so to speak, or the same uh, basics, well, same well, appearance and stuff um, like that. Mass Effect, I don't know if you know Mass Effect, but as an example, Mass Effect 1 and 2 were very similar, and then Mass Effect yeah. 3 came out, and that whole mechanic was, was very different, but it's still under the same umbrella. It still looks the same as far as the characters, the story, and whatever else, but ultimately it's a different game. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're talking about FIFA, all they do is put a, a different number on the end, and that's it. They well, update, they, update they, the graphics. Yeah, and they and change like, Ronaldo for Messi yeah, or something. different or players, and they charge you the same <laughs> amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but the, but so that my, point, my point is, I'm trying to get to, is that there's no... You can't get good to the point where you can... With extract any value and transfer that value anywhere else. So if you integrate Lightning or Bitcoin into that, essentially, let's say you get good at Halo or Mass Effect or FIFA, it doesn't matter. You could, you know, 
earn 10,000 sats, sats or 100,000 exactly. sats and then take those 100,000 sats and go spend them in you know FIFA 2022. Yeah, so you're talking about in-game currencies basically. So so and because they because they it's their goal to get to keep you in their wall garden, right? Yeah. Oh, entirely. So that's They like, don't want you spending or giving you anything that you can go and use somewhere else. How do you look at that from a professional point of view sample in terms of you're trying to you're trying to get gamers and keep them or are you trying to like do do you work with other you know studios that or or how does that work i don't even know how i don't know how that works i'm not actually in the gaming industry like i'm a service provider for the industry like a translator so i don't i don't know much about the actual like revenue models of gaming companies but uh, i'd like to add that um sats is from my personal perspective they are potentially a good way for let's say casual players who are a bit better than the average player to earn some extra sats or to earn some extra money like for example in csgo they do have these professional tournaments where the prize pool can be as high as like two million dollars actually us dollars mm-hmm. so gaming is a really professional industry mm. already but it only pays for the let's say top 0.1 percent of the players so for the rest for the top 50 percent i'd say that sets would be a really good revenue model or a way to earn extra i don't know extra income to spend in game or even spend on new games or even withdraw from there if you want it. So that all only fans. <laughs> yeah, it seems so these days. That'll be next. Only fans, something like that. Like the, only sats. The, well, the, yeah, only sats.com. Um, <laughs> we don't know that one. But isn't that the whole thing? That. The porn industry was always the driver of innovation and technology. Oh, sorry. Well, the, the early adopter of innovation and technology. So you, you wait for only fans to have uh, lightning tipping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'll sure... I'll call it now. I bet there's a model doing it somewhere. She's got she's put yeah. up a QR well, probably, code on yeah. the screen. No doubt. And, um, yeah. That's doing only fans account. No, that's not. Um, <laughs> you do one and I'll promote... I'll help you promote it. <laughs> um, but, um, so... you So you only get involved once a game goes big because they need it translated into other languages or how does that work? When they launch a new game, they send us the pre-launch version, uh, basically as an Excel table format. So you got the source string, and then you got the target string where you have to write in the translation of each sentence or each block of information, basically. So all the menus, all the weapons, all the subtitles, we translate all of that so so there's yeah. is, there's got to be an element of trust there i guess from from the game maker i suppose to hand that product over to you are you tempted yeah. just to start putting in by bitcoin <laughs> subliminally <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> he's, temp- he's tempted <laughs> but he'll never get another contract <laughs> well they're not going yeah. uh i haven't thought about that but maybe maybe i should <laughs> Like <laughs> when they talk I about how... yeah, a currency, just go, you know, they they talk about Bitcoin. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll keep that in mind yeah. for future <laughs> reference. How much how much like product placement advertising do you get within games? Heaps. Like, give me an example of what you see. So, oh, well, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that much. Like, I think uh, at least these bigger companies they are really self-aware and maybe they advertise their own games and they definitely do especially when it's an online game and they have all these gaming platforms those are full of their own game ad- ads like games for their yes. other releases but i wouldn't say that there are product placements in games i i can't recall any actually well i mean I'd argue that's still product placement. So I remember years ago, um, uh, there was a Rainbow Six game that you would run through a, I don't know, a hotel or an office building or whatever, and they had, uh, you know, graphical depictions of a, a, a an ad or a poster or something up on a, like Times Square. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly they, what I was just thinking. Yeah, and they talked about, I remember this being a big thing, because like saying, oh, Rainbow, I'm sure it was Rainbow Six, where they said, you know, this game was putting up ads... And they were swapping them out. So multiplayer and whatever else. And they put up an ad for something. And then there was a discussion around, well, this is another potential revenue stream for these companies. That said, as Sampo was saying, I think they did just... I don't remember the company that did Rainbow Six. You probably do, Sampo. But they were, again, sure. just, yeah, just pushing their own thing. Like like the next game that was coming out. You know, there was a post. Yeah. You know, just in the yeah, background, yeah. you run past but it. But surely if you play like, I don't know, Formula One, surely the car... They want the car to be identical to the Formula One advertised yeah, car this yeah. season. Is that well, well same as yeah. same as a sport, any sporting game? Yeah, like so, Manchester United would have the Manchester yeah, United sponsor yeah. in a shirt, or you know, whatever. And whether they're paying, the companies are paying, like EA or the game maker. I, I don't know. No, I just yeah, because in in those uh, situations, I think it's a direct contract between the companies and the, for example, F one the whole ordeal so it's different from the gaming company but like mm-hmm. uh, actual games per se let's say for example league of legends uh, dota 2 uh, csgo valorant what have you rainbow six rocket league i don't think well actually yeah rocket league if you know the game where mm-hmm. you drive with these rockets propelled cars and try to score goals basically football with cars RC cars uh, they do have a car sponsorship there I'm oh. pretty sure so they have actual car models yeah pretty sure so yeah there's some but not much I think gamers are kind of against it so oh, really? it's not used that much yeah yeah <laughs> the whole gaming scene is uh, actually surprisingly conservative when it comes to stuff like that yeah right so they want it to be the actually players themselves want it to be less advertising in there even yeah. if it, even if it would be would have advertising in the real world yeah yeah i think so huh. like I mean, uh yeah, gaming always... gaming is escapism so to speak so yeah. people yeah, okay. don't want to stare at coca-cola ads when they're gaming and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you can always see it from a mile off particularly when you're gaming just like Samba said, I suppose, because you are doing something as a leisure activity, I suppose. So why do you so, want that you shoved feel, in your face? So you feel like you've paid your subscription. You feel like you've paid your for, this, so for the, the desk. You don't want anything else. 
you, you don't want to be advertised that it's a bit like you know paying for a subscription to youtube so that you don't get the advert adverts running pre-roll yeah 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 yeah, yeah okay so, yeah. Got, i got it i, I just well, i wonder if people's opinions to that would change if they if they could actually um, earn in the game but maybe you start to get a different type of a player you don't you're not getting a gamer you're getting more of a person there for a job you know yeah well you get you have that anyway so someone who loves gaming, who is actually either even if they're streaming the gaming, that to them now is a job. Like the, twi- the Twitchers, the Twitchers, yeah. and yeah, that's an an income. Um, or the the esports guys. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean, like they they, I guess they're training, quote unquote. Like they'd be going hard and, and coordinating as a team. So well, I and, and that would that ago, would be a job. I read four or five years ago that the esports was like the sixth biggest sport, fin- in terms of finance finances in the world. I'd be. And it probably, probably has only grown since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, like the you know, I know Paris Saint Germain and Manchester City have esports. I mean, probably loads of them do now, but mm. have esports teams as well as you know, football, mm, mm. soccer, sports. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'd never. I, 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 I just can. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I just thought if you can earn whatever the current do, get good at something, earn currency in it, and then transfer over to another ecosystem even if that's from the same studio that would be something people would like but maybe maybe no 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 i think you're right i think you're right for sure because people are used to v bucks and only being able to spend v bucks but if you could earn v bucks and spend them anywhere sats yes spend them anywhere that would that opens up so much how that works from company to company Company to company would be the hard thing i don't know but they don't don't want that to happen right yeah but then it's a game theory thing too i think but that's just some point but that's competition Right? Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If it's not, if, then you just have to go and create the best game, and the and the cheaper skins. You know what I mean? It, well, yeah, true, yeah, 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 true. Um, but competition, like, if somebody comes along and does something better than you, like, if you believe in meritocracy, then you also have to, you still have to believe in it when somebody's better than you. Fuck, <laughs> it's annoying, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if you do, like, and but I th- does that not just in strive make us all strive to be just be better at what we are than we currently are and as and and ultimately does the customers of all of our things not become they don't they not we're not out of that massively yeah. because everything gets better all of the time yeah just yeah that's a beautiful ideal but uh to provide a counter argument there's a documentary on youtube about this light bulb conspiracy or light bulb cartel basically where all the u.s light bulb manufacturers actually made their light bulbs worse like agreed mutually agreed to make their light bulbs worse because otherwise customers wouldn't buy them because they would last too long yeah so it's (laughs) kind of cartel behavior basically yeah, yeah, it's a bit naive maybe to think that the business businesses always uh, support and follow natural competition. I think it's more All right, about then, Sampo, though, so that mutual... gives me a, that gives me yeah. a big question. I think I I have always worked under the assumption that um, game theory in Bitcoin is going to make everything okay. <laughs> so, but is there is there a potential? for collusion collusion on a huge scale can could that be coordinated in bitcoin do you think like multiple governments getting together um and yeah making it very difficult for for all of us yeah i think it's a real possibility and 
there have been some talks about Bitcoin splitting up into KYC Bitcoin and non-KYC, which would mean basically that the aforementioned is the basically the government, the legal Bitcoin, and the latter is the illegal Bitcoin, which would suck because that would go against all Bitcoin principles yeah. and the ethos. But I think it's a real possibility. Yeah, for sure. So to combat that, what what do we do to combat that? We get both. Well, yeah. Well, or you start buying non KYC, you start mixing, you start um, yeah, trading, yeah. trading between friends. You know, you know, what do we do? I don't know. My personal opinion is that you should just treat it as cash money and basically not care that much. But I'm a bit too careless about that. Like I do. Uh, want to keep my privacy this way, but I'm not really tech savvy, so I'm not big into coin joining or coin mixing, or I'm basically a noob when it comes to stuff like that. But I support people who actually care about the privacy side because that's one of the main arguments. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna. I... I just think the more, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I'm probably this similar in that sense too. I wouldn't consider myself any sort of tech expert, um, although I, you know, I'm trying to do what I feel like I can do. But um, yeah, we just uh, my thing for people like us, I think it's potentially get getting your Bitcoin from as many different sources as possible. Be that KYC, non-KYC, be it selling a service for Bitcoin, be it trading between your friends after you've had a meal, um, and just and and learning to sort of manage that. You have to become a bit of an admin expert because all of a sudden you've got fourteen different wallets and mm. seventeen different accounts with different companies. Um, <clears throat> but um, but and then once we've done that, start to spend it with other people who into different services and then because the, the complexity of that becomes just yes okay it's still kyc bitcoin but the complexity of it is you know you're fo- and, and yes it can be followed but it's you know who's going to do the following i think it's already got to be a nightmare for the like for the atl the tax office here it's a huge it's nightmare it's got to be a nightmare but but if if you're this if you're the poor smuck that they decide to come after it can be done mm. right so if your opinion, then this is goes to the and that's the other thing. There's there's fewer schmucks, uh, Bitcoin schmucks to pick from. You know, well, what I mean? right now there is, yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. in that sense. So like, but right now, if you're like, if who were the guys who were was it was it? Um, I think it was maybe Jeff Booth, um, Bre- um, Ben, and um, Greg who were managing the keys with Tally Coin. I think that's right. Uh, so, I knew about Greg, and I didn't know Jeff Booth was in that. I, I, I maybe could be wrong. Yeah. Um. But um. And I think there's been movement since, and some it's now being spread out in different ways. But, but what they did, you know, they stood up and tr- were trying to help in a situation. But very quickly, and I'm talking within the space of a week, became a target. Um. So I guess from Bitcoiners though. What do you mean? Well, the, I remember seeing one thread from a guy just going after Ben saying what are you doing with it you know mm. you, you're holding onto it give it to them give it to them you know oh, you're I mean? not doing it the right way oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah what do you you, mean so, you, so what do you mean no I, well, well what I meant was like when when uh, what, 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 what they call it in Canada the emergency what, the emergency measures mm. 
um, and they're saying, well, and and also talking about cryptocurrencies, clearly talking about Bitcoin and Tallycoin. Mm. Uh, Tallycoin, yeah, that's called. Mm. Um, well, all of a sudden, if that's if that's what they're going decided to go after from a, go- a government level, well, who do you go after? You go after the three guys that are managing the the keys, right? Um, and so, I mean, you'd be hard pushed to find. Well, maybe Ben and Jeff, Greg's probably a bit more of a loose cannon, but um, but you know, like you'd be hard pushed to find guys who were who were respected more in Canada in the Bitcoin community, maybe oh. Francis or something or yeah, John yeah. Ballas or something. But you'd be, you'd be struggling. Whereas, and that's that's that is that becomes in the space of a few days the the, the focus of the attack. Yeah. Like you, so, my point is, I mean, um, sample. So there's a thing in Australia called what's it called? The Freedom Convoy. Um, oh, the Canberra, the, the Canberra one. Yeah, is that yeah. what they call it, the Canberra? Like the, I think so. Um, and same, sort of, it's a similar thing. Um, and people protesting in Canberra. And somebody, I don't remember who it was, put forward a list of maybe 10 names of people who maybe should look after this donations that come in for... And we, our names were put forward. And I was like, and your well, Bren, Brendo's name was put forward as somebody yeah. who was well-known and trustworthy. Yeah, and I was a, like, I think Jesus, you've never I heard of Brendo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but I, I had a good chuckle. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah well, we got, clearly. I mean, I didn't think it should have been either of us. But, but then, like, there is we are still a small group. Like, mm. we are early. So, um, and there are people I would put forward before us. But like, um, but this comes. I guess this comes back to the doxing thing too. So Sampo's obviously yeah, worked it out, right? doing very well and very protecting his his identity. Whereas we're got our mugs on, or you don't, but I have. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about it, and we're tweeting about it. I mean, Sampo, you're prolific on your tweets as well. But something going back to the Ben thing, or the Jeff Booth thing, or the Greg thing. Like we we're standing up, but then as soon as somebody pokes their head up, you need to stand up as a group. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And that's it. And it. And how do you make people stand up as a group? Like there is safety uh, in numbers. I think that's a part of the plebs together strong ethos, like we're all plebs and anonymous, or at least pseudonymous. But uh, as individuals with our face and identity, we might be weak, but when we combine our forces as this pleb army or taco army or whatever meme army, that's when the real power of the people comes out. Because we saw it, you would you'd be well aware of the hodl and all stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Brendel, you know about that? Uh, he got banned. No, well, no. Um, he is got the involved. Cat, is the cat astronaut guy? Yes, yeah. but he. So he's the guy who's um, who, I mean, God, I, I don't know the story well enough myself. But um, Craig Wright, um, went after him. Oh, went after him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but then all of a sudden, overnight, everybody had a hodl and all picture on their twitter profile oh, nice. and we are all huddling on and, and i was like so that's what you're talking about sample like everybody mm. the, sort of the play standing up now that's pretty cool it is cool but but he's I, I don't know where that situation is up to right now but it's been it went on for years and it may not be finished yet is he not back no he's well he's on twitter and stuff oh, but yeah, he's yeah. like he was being through pulled through the course and stuff you should there are some good shows on that if you don't know about that story but um um it's just how do we coordinate that without being i mean libel terrorists well <laughs> well yeah but also when you're the people who are advocating for decentralization, you're also advocating for all standing up together, right? Yes. And it's like and well, somebody coordinating. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody coordinating. Yeah. yeah. So how do you how do you do that? 
Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I'm looking lately, for I'm I've looking been, for the good answer. <laughs> <laughs> lately, I've been noticing some division among the Bitcoiners when it comes to all of these like vaccination stuff and the convoy, freedom convoy stuff. Uh, and maybe like I'm really anti-Russia because we live next to them and we acknowledge the threat that they have on us and the whole Europe. But a lot of Bitcoiners seem to be really pro-Russia and especially pro-Putin. So that's one of the issues that I do disagree with uh, with a lot of Bitcoiners. So I think it used to be more unified maybe two years ago or something. But I think that's just because of the whole scene and Bitcoin Twitter has grown so much. That well, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone it... from fringe to, to more... Yeah, there are, it's growing. It's growing all the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as it grows, you're going that naturally you're getting a diversity of opinion, and people are going to disagree. Yeah. But quite honestly, like some of the um, the best the things the thing I get out of Twitter the best is when two that's the terrible way of saying it, but when two people who I respect their opinions, I don't necessarily agree with them always, but like I respect their opinions. They 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 fundamentally disagree with each other, and I'm like, oh. Pop, popcorn time like, i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch this one because this is because because you know I, I, you know when it first starts you don't really know where you, what you think yourself and you want to mm. well no well yeah i've seen a few of these and i usually go oh i, th- I thought they were mates <laughs> yeah, 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 it's disappointing sad yeah but do you not think that's the best that's the best when because because you must have been looking for um you know wh- why am i the why am i wrong the proper critique just what am I doing? In front of the mic. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. What the um? You'd think I'd have learned after this amount of time, but anyway, I'm not good at it. Um, yeah, you're you're always looking for the good critique of Bitcoin, and the the best yeah. people to provide any sort of critique of Bitcoin are the 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 maxis, right? Mm. Um, mm. but um, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know. This not particularly a question. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have you got anything else you want to add, mate, or do you want to tell us um, how people can find you? Well... Do you um, want to be found? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Bitcoin Sambo, which is my handle, so simple as that. And uh, when it comes to that previous point about Bitcoin Twitter and how we should basically unite, I think... We should just unite behind the facts of Bitcoin, like the basic fundamentals that there are only 21 million. Uh, the new supply halves every four years, and uh, a new block is mined approximately every 10 minutes. And <laughs> those are the basic facts that that we just have to agree with, and all the rest we can basically disagree with each other and discuss but those are the basic fundamental monetary solid facts that make bitcoin the unique network that it is yeah that's the certainty we all have to build from them i can't yeah yeah that's be that love it mate thank you very much for um taking the time we appreciate you coming on in the morning in finland and um yeah no problem and uh, I hope you enjoy your coffee. We'll enjoy your wine. Yeah. And, um, and I, will, uh, I look forward to some of your tweets. They are, they are absolutely fantastic, man. I love them. Yeah, big time. And don't kill us. 
Oh, you true. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, Ryan. you're a bit, you're a bit far from me, and uh, <laughs> it's really cold here right now. So, I'm in my hibernation mode. <laughs> don't worry. Oh my, jeez, love me. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice to be here. Hey guys, if you've made it this far, thanks so much for listening. Um, the plan with the pod is to do sort of guests one week and um, myself and Brendo the other week, so hopefully that's working for you. If you don't like one of them, just listen to the one you do like. Um, if you want a little bit more um, information from us, you can find it at uh, bitcoin-first.com forward slash learn. Mm-hmm.